Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Bollocks. That's right, with me, your... I nearly said co-host. Your host, co-host, split personality. Um, I am Howard H. Smith. I am your host. I am the host of the Talking Bollocks podcast. Have been for a good old few years now, since 2014. And I also sing in UK thrash band Acid Rain. First album for 29 years came out in... 2019 so give that a listen also i perform stand-up comedy as the character keith platt um and obviously as already mentioned i does this here podcast and i also host the official motorhead podcast the motorcast so how is that for a load of ego right up front eh? me 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 that's what you're going to be getting across the course of the next 90 or so minutes or however long this ends up being that's either what you come for, or this is a first visit and you think, Jesus Christ, who's this dickhead? Well, this dickhead is Howard. Pleased to meet you. How are you? I hope you're well. So, what has been happening in the world of metal over the last few weeks since last we spoke well first up i suppose there's only one place to start really and that is with with iced earth's john schaefer who is now in u.s marshal service custody having appeared on all of our screams rampaging around the uh, senate building uh, in the states in the, as part of this as part of Trump's insurrection or whatever you want to call it um, but yeah he was there wandering the halls um, I mean I'm not saying that Schaefer is um, uh, is not an intelligent man but um, I think anybody who takes bear spray into the uh, the building um, is probably in a little bit more of an urban environment than than is necessary to carry bear spray. I mean, I know he was he, he carried it as spray at people, but come on, it's just amusing to somebody who's British that somebody be walking around a building with bear spray. You, you know, literally, like he's like, you know, you never know. You can't be too careful. One of them may have disguised themselves in uniform. Fucking Yogi Bear, maybe one of the guards. <laughs> hey, hey boo boo. <laughs> Sorry. I know it's a bit early for going off the rails, but um, I, I'm a fucking huge Yogi Bear fan, and I just <laughs> the, the thought of Yogi Bear in um, in in riot gear <laughs> has just kind of like permeated my brain. That's awesome. Anyway, sorry. Um, yes, right. Okay, back to where we were. So what else is what else is going to um, uh, is going to keep us on that kind of uh, well it's a strong start isn't it we've got some energy there oh right well next up next up it is um, Phil Demmel I don't have any desire or need to talk to Rob Flynn ever again um, is it me or can I envisage a lot of people saying that very same thing <laughs> I don't know you know he seems to be an acquired taste definitely to be in a band with. Um, can't say I'm particularly enjoying the um, the, the new Machine Head output. Um, you know, Catharsis, a big fat meh, and uh, which was a shame after Bloodstone and Diamonds. But um, yeah, and nothing nothing really uh, since. But um, yeah, basically that's it. That's uh, that's the only line of interest that comes out of that interview. Other than that, um, he basically says I haven't talked to him pretty much since the end of my time in the group. I don't have any desire or need to talk to him ever again. And that's it. That's just the one line taken out of the podcast interview. Um, that wasn't this podcast, so fuck him. Not going to mention it. <laughs> um, uh, next up, now 
look, I am of a certain vintage, yeah? I am 50 years old. Fucking what? How the hell did that happen? Yeah, I know. I reckon mentally, still 35 at best. If you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, you're my age or you're getting to my age or you're a little older, whatever, it is totally normal to wonder when you're supposed to grow up, okay? <laughs> it's totally normal to think... Um, why don't I feel any different? It, it, that is normal. However, if you feel truly put upon and old and all the rest of it, then, then you know, my apologies. But you're still alive. It's all good. Okay? But um, given the age I am... I, slight tangent there, but anyway. Given the age I am, um, I was my eye was caught by former Wasp guitarist Chris Holmes. Sp- uh, spoke to the uh, Eddie Trunk podcast, which is great because they've done a report on this and it's great because it means I don't have to listen to the Eddie Trunk podcast. Fucking hell. Like listening to your granddad rummaging around in his fucking loft. Um, Not a natural broadcaster by any stretch of the imagination. Legendary heavy metal figure. Absolutely legendary. Baked into the scene. Been around for years. Knows everybody. A broadcaster, he is not. But there you go. I mean, check out who is saying that. Me. This fucking dickhead. Yeah? I mean, if anybody... If anybody should be accused of not being... Not being a decent broadcaster, it's fucking me, right? And as usual, I've started... I've started out having a go at somebody else and decided, no, it's actually me who is worthy of the uh, true spite. Anyway, let's get back. So, you know, people of my era, you remember Chris Holmes, Wasp. He was great. And he says, you take the first album of Wasp... And it was a group of guys, a group, a band. And after that, the second album, it wasn't a group. It was a one-man show, and it's been a one-man show after that ever since. It's the way it is. Look at the records. It's the way it is in that band. Um, And he goes on to say, um, during the making of the second album, I uh, I was told the manager wants to use Blackie's image which the, dad, uh, the, the, the manager didn't tell me that. Blackie told me that on the cover of the album. Um, and according to him, he said, everybody... Um, he said, uh, guitarist Randy Piper, Tony, drummer Tony Richard Blackie were all part of Wasp initially, uh, at the initial management contract, but Blackie was the only one signed to the record label. Everybody thinks we signed to the label, but we didn't. Um, and, uh, and just take another... Uh, another um, excerpt from here um, and uh, this is very very interesting I I'm, I'm just want to get to it where are we yeah he's um, he says um, if I hadn't joined in the beginning I, w- uh, I would have never worked Blackie told me that, that it would have never worked Blackie told me that, that on the first day when he came and talked to me to play in Wasp he says I got this band it's not going to work unless you're in it he told me that to my face a lot of people think I made money from Wasp. I've never gotten my royalties or even my songwriting. All the stuff that I wrote, I never got paid one penny. And do you know whose fault it is? It's my fault for not knowing the business and how it is. I trusted somebody. How refreshing is that for somebody to say in any walk of life? I, mean, I And again, you know, apologies, but I've already told you I'm an old man, right? But And I'm going to sound really old manny now, but... How refreshing is it to hear somebody actually totally fucking own the mistakes they made and not try and, you know, pass it off on somebody else, not try and rope other people in and say, oh, it was that person, it was that person, oh, it was them, it was them. And, and I mean, there is more comments in the article 
that um that i could have that i could have added that build the picture of him getting to that conclusion but i just wanted to get to it because i felt it you know it had more power that way and yeah it's it, it, it fucking well done chris holmes all right anybody who's seen that you know that old uh, that 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 movie from the um, from the eighties. Oh, and I know all of you people who know the movie that I'm talking about are shouting at the fucking podcast right now. You're shouting down the street, walking down the street, shouting the, shouting the name of it, or you're like you know driving a bus or whatever it is you're doing, but you are shouting the name. Oh God, what was it? Um, something to do with civilization. Oh look, that's popped into my head. This is literally not a podcast anymore. It's listening to an old man's brain slowly kick into gear. It's like... Oh, it's getting in there. Oh, my God. And by the miracle of the pause button, I can now say it was The Decline of Western Civilization Part 2, The Metal Years. Um, if you've never seen that movie, look it up online, find it somewhere, and watch it. Um, I don't know where it is. I don't know if it's even available. If I can find it, I will put a link um, into the podcast description. So uh, so check the description on whatever you're, um, uh, whatever you're listening to this on, and there may be a link to that so that's chris holmes done now let's keep it old hey let's keep it old who's got a new album coming out hey in march called the devil in me i bet you can't guess i bet you can't guess okay it's Susie quattro fucking what Susie quattro yeah still wearing the level the, the leather jacket and at 70 would still get it frankly and i don't care i know that that is i know that that i well i was gonna say i know it's a um a, a sexist statement maybe it is maybe it isn't maybe i'm showing some love for older women but boy Susie, honestly she was a, she was a part of my childhood i'll never forget okay she was the uh, she was the very first woman i ever saw in black leather and um yeah, I think I need to move on now. Um, um, is, is it me, right? And again, I, this is just how this is rolling, okay? This is going backwards, but this all seems to be old people. Um, is it me, or is it just a bit weird that Richie Blackmore just packed up playing, like, heavy music and and then just started doing all this, you know, prancing around the garden, like, fairy and elf crap? It's unbelievable. I mean, he's, he's just about to put an 11th studio album out. And that's the first for six years, right? I mean, Blackmore's Night has been it has been going since 97. It's just... It's weird. It does my head in. Anyway, also keeping that theme going, there's, there's going to be a new D. Schneider solo album coming, um, which I'm a big fan of because I'm a big fan of the big man. And he's one of the best um, front men I have ever seen live definitely without a doubt and just an iconic iconic voice um so yeah he is about to lay down the uh, the vocals um uh on the uh, on, on the follow-up to uh, to the album that i really enjoyed that um he, he put out last year i'm um, sorry last year fucking hell 2019 i think yeah was it 2019 yeah would have been 2019 um which was absolutely superb and uh, we're going to get a follow-up now. So um, he's going to go and work on that soon. Great. I tell you who else has got some new stuff out. Yeah. Ex-corn drummer David Silveria and his new band Breaking in Sequence, Bias, drops acronym 
EP. And uh, fuck me, drop it is what is certainly what I'd recommend doing. I mean, basically, it's good old fashioned late nineties, early two thousands new metal. It has come absolutely nowhere. It is like the last twenty years never happened. And not only that, as a cover version of Midlife Crisis by Faith No More on there. Well, you may as well listen to Faith No More's version. It is completely completely aping the original. The vocalist just wants to be Mike Patton. It's utterly, utterly pointless, as was that story. I mean, basically what I'm saying to you is something you were never going to listen to. There's really no need to listen to it. Never listen to it. It's crap. Um, Here's something that's very cool. Igor Cavaliera, yes, he of this parish, he of two appearances on Talking Bollocks, um, is offering exclusive content on his Patreon channel. Um, if, you know, if you're into drums and stuff like that, I'm I'm on Patreon, so you can come and find me at uh, patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. You, for $5 a month, you will get a shitload of extra content. You get to ask guests uh, questions. You get your own Zoom podcast once a month with yours truly and all the other Patreon patrons. You get Acid Rain exclusives. You get all sorts of stuff. So feel free to sign up to myself and... To um, to Igor Cavaliera on uh, Patreon. What you need to do is go to patreon.com and uh, you can look for him there. In fact, um, his account is patreon.com forward slash all lowercase Igor Cavaliera. And remember, Igor has got a double G in it. So there you go. He's got all sorts of stuff going on there. So go check out Igor. It's weird, isn't it? it? Sounds kind of like an Irish. It's like a like a Yorkshire name. Igor, all right, Igor. Our Igor. What are you up to, son? Hey, get in here. Run your cellar bath. Where's bloody Igor? Hey, where where did he go? Hey, where did he go? Igor, he go. Igor, he Igor. You see what I'm doing? Yeah, okay. You know, a little bit of wordplay. Let me have let me have my fun, please, please. <laughs> I don't know, I just, yeah, just imagine if Sepultura had come from Yorkshire, if fucking Igor and Max were born in Thursk in North Yorkshire. Aye, right, let's play some fucking, let's play some tribal stuff, shall we? Eh, what do you mean, tribal? Well, you know, fucking drums, dugga 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 and all that, you know. We can go and, and you, let's go and meet some of the people who, work, who live and work on Yorkshire Moors and see if they, they'll let us play with them. Apparently they've got some, you know, go on, get up there. Get get this set over there, eh? Apparently there's tribes who live around the area and they build, they build, um, uh, they build stone walls, dry stone walling. That's the thing. It's mental. You can't get near them. They chuck stones at you. They're, 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 so, yeah, like, let's go and let's go and embed with them and we'll write an album. Write a bloody album and let's let's put it out. Come on, let's 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 do some thrashing. It's not working, is it? Really, you can't you can't get you can't you're not going to get Sepultura coming from Thursk in Yorkshire. Basically, it's not going to happen. Chaos AD, you know, Chaos AD tanks on the streets. Not really in Thursk. It'd be more like you know, 2018 AD, eight, 2018 uh, stalls on the streets. Got a little farmers market. It's all right. <laughs> anyway, fucking hell, I am full of shit today. Um, finally, I would, uh, and I will put a link to this um, because it 
looks awesome. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. But um, uh, there's an hour-long video tribute um, to late cynic drummer Sean Reinhardt. Reinhardt uh, features Gene Hoglund. Good old Gene. Hey there, man. Uh, Thomas Hake and Dirk, Dirk Van Buren. And, um, or Dirk Van Bureau. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I did that. Uh, and uh, yeah, basically, it's on YouTube at the moment. I will put a link to this in the description. Uh, I mean, Sean was an absolute fucking ledge. And here's a bunch of legends talking about another legend. So that's when you know you're dealing with a legend. Um, so, folks, that is where I am up to right now. Now it is time to introduce the interview. Um, this was an absolutely just one of the most fun things I've done this year. Okay, it's only January the 27th, and let's face it, there's not a great deal of fun to be had in the world at the moment, but you know what? Talking to my old mate CJ for the first time in God knows how many years, well, that certainly did it. Here's us having a right old rabbit a couple of weeks ago. Hello. Hello there, sir. Is that H, yeah? It is indeed. Uh, hey man, it's been a long time. <laughs> Bloody hell! I was—it's got to be what thirty years. Probably. I, I'm trying to think. The last time I, I saw you was—was um, was it in that pub, Garlic and Shots, at a bar in London? Maybe I, I can't remember. We did a TV show or some something together, didn't we? Oh god, we 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 did all sorts because I think um, yeah. you you were back. It was back in your um, tattooed love boy days. I'm sure, didn't I bump into you with Danny? Didn't we do something with the Wild Arts, like, really early on? I'm sure we did. Ooh. did something. I, mean, I remember coming to see you at the Hippodrome. Oh. You played the Hippodrome. Fucking yeah. hell, yeah. That, well, that was, that was 1989. Right, right. I, I think maybe... Um, I don't know, man. It's, it's such a long time ago, isn't it? I know. <laughs> I, I know. I know. But the funny thing is, I still remember... Uh, by the way, sorry, a little bit of a tangent. Do you remember we went we went to the zoo? We spent the day we we, we spent like hours in London Zoo. Well, oh, that was um, Metal Hammer or something. Yeah, that that no, that was um, with Honeycrack, man. That was in nine. Um, I thought it was Honeycrack. No, no, it was Tattooed Love Boys. Because I, uh, you know, I, I yeah. we, we we were done. We were done by by ninety one. Oh, okay. But Are you sure? I, I remember going to the zoo. Actually, I did. A, I did. I, I probably went to the zoo twice. So I remember doing a. Yeah, I did. I went to with, when I was in Honeycrook. I went to the zoo in the um, mid nineties, and then I remember. Yeah, yeah, with Metal Hammer. Yeah, yeah, zoo, yeah. I vaguely remember the dogs. Um, Steve and the dogs and all was there as well. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. There was a, there was yeah. a bunch of us. It was it was a typical <laughs> it was a typical sort of eighties metal journalist brilliant idea. Let's get a load of bands and take them to London oh. Zoo. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember it. Um, yeah, but I did. I, yeah, I did go to the zoo again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I re- and, and I remember the first time I met you, and I was wearing a um, a Descendants Milo goes to college T shirt. Oh right, and you, that was and, pointed. Yeah, and yeah. you you just you just pointed at it straight away and went, "You're in a thrash metal band. How come you're wearing that?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the Descendants are like, I've always been one of my favourite bands. So, I mean, even yeah. back then, like um, way before I, I, I flirted with the glam sort of rock and roll thing for a few years, I was always into like kind of punk and metal. And um, and then went down that kind of glam thing for a couple of years and then left it um, well and truly where it should have stayed in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> well, but funnily enough, back back in those days, I was, just, I was thrilled that you'd, you even knew who the Descendants were. 
Yeah, well, uh, you know, um, right, I got into the tennis when I was like, uh, like probably around about 16, but it was through American friends of mine, 16, 17, and, and they played me, um, um, what was that, Enjoy, or I can't remember what it was, Miley Goes to College, I don't know, one of those albums, but I think it was Wendy was the first song I heard by them. Oh, and, man. Um, I was hooked. Yeah. Hooked straight away, and then that's how I got into the Descendants, but um, also got into like... Um, um, really early Metallica as well through the same bunch of American friends and it happens that the bunch of American friends one of them was Chris Sherry who does all the Descendants artwork oh so, wow uh, yeah yeah so I, I knew him when he was like 15 like 15, 16 we were friends so and and, he, and you know he does everyone's artwork now Chris Sherry I mean he does a, like, I mean all that that Milo stuff he does and I mean just about every punk band out there in America he does artwork for so um it's a yeah, it's a small world, and they've actually become friends with Stefan, the guitar player, and I know Carl as well. But Stefan and Carl are both big Wild Art fans. Oh wow! So, um, yeah, yeah. So um, it's really it's it's always good. I mean, I, I I keep in contact with Stefan, and whenever you know the Descendants are in town or in Britain, I'll try and hook up with Stefan. But I've, I've, I've bumped into Stefan in like Japan as well, and Tokyo, and we've gone out for drinks as well, and and um, just. And he's such a lovely guy, and 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 it's amazing that he's you know he's a he's a wild arts fan. It's just it's such an honor. I, <laughs> oh, I, I, I know what you mean because I'm sat here jealous as fuck. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like oh fucking hell, that's amazing. Um, and um, I, I I I can't. I mean, how did that happen? Did you just like bump into him, or did you end up um, were you playing um, with him? Um, no, it's through um, the friends, the American friends who introduced me to the Descendants back in the 80s when I was a teenager. Yeah. Uh, I said, yeah, Chris, Chris Sherry went on to be, you know, their artist. Yeah. And um, another friend of mine, um, Fitz, who's, his best mate happens to be Chris Sherry, the artist, um, they would, would go and see the Descendants. Well, actually, they started going to see all a lot, and that's how they all became friends. And um, through through my friends becoming friends with the descendants and all, um, they introduced them to like um, you know the wild hearts, and it was just by kind of osmosis. But uh, happened to know the same people they know, and um, yeah, they just you know um, I first met the descendants when I had a, a little pop punk band called the Jellies, and yeah. they asked asked us to support them at the Hybrid Garage, and that's when I first met like Stefan and Carl. Wow. And I had no idea they they knew who we were, you know. And yeah, and, uh, yeah, and they just got chatting to them, and they just saying how much they love the Wild Hearts and everything. And I've just stayed in contact with them, and I've, I've played. I've, 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 I mean, I've seen them since quite a few times, but I mean, it's 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 always nice bumping into Stefan, and and I bumped into him in Tokyo. The, the Wild Hearts were touring in Japan, and and he was actually on tour with um, Bank. You know, remember Good Charlotte? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, he was Tekken for them. Oh, and, right. Um, yeah, yeah. And this was like in sort of the early noughties. Like, so I thought it was like 2001, maybe 2002. And we were, we were, he was in the same hotel as us. And I come down, I'm like, fucking hell, Stephen, man, how are you doing? And, and we just, we ended up going out. I ended up going out for um, dinner with him and, and his cousin from Australia. And But we, I mean, we've always stayed in contact. And, you know, I, I got had a message um, from him on my birthday. <laughs> funny enough which was um a few weeks ago and um yeah so i mean he's always um, both him and carl yeah they've always been in, into the wild arts and kind of followed what i've been doing and i've been following what they've been doing since the 80s so, well uh, that, that's awesome that and and uh, on on the subject of um of of weird hookups and things like that 
Um, when I met you, I would have been living in Harrogate and you would have been living in London. And now right. I live in London and you live in Harrogate. How the fuck did that are, are you, I mean, are you, are, you, are you from Yorkshire then? Or... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I had. I, I thought you guys were from Nottingham. For some no, reason. no, no. Sab, Sabbath were from Nottingham. We were ah, from. Right. We're from. We were from. Well, we. You know, we were a Harrogate band because most of the men's were from, members were from Harrogate. I'm from Nairsborough, which is. I have next no. To I had no idea you were from Harrogate. Yeah. That explains the mosh pit then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you I mean, when I, when I felt you were like one of the very first. I mean, I was always into like early Metallica and Slayer and Nuclear Assault and. You know, um, but one of the one of the very first bands I saw having that kind of you know that circle thing. Yeah. It was always at your shows, wasn't it? You always had that. Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I always it always stuck in my head, but I had no idea you guys are from Harrogate. Yeah, so, um, that is that. And, right. and so when when I saw you with that, I was like, "What the hell? How? So how? How? I've got to ask. How did you end up in Harrogate? Well, I I, I um I I got married um. And um, we were living in London at the time, and um, I, um, my my ex-wife is Scottish, but her family are from Farragut, and um, we we ended up moving to Nairsborough, where her mother lived, and, and we had we actually had the house next door to her mother, and, and um, that's how I ended up in this neck of the woods. About we moved about nine years ago, and we're divorced now, but we're really good friends, and we have a six-year-old um, boy together, and we co-parent and. I um I had a flat here I was renting out and when when we um eventually separated I moved into the flat here in Harrogate and she lives in the house in Nairsborough so and you know we're we're kind of tied to this area now until our son you know goes off to university if they're still around yeah you know of age so um and I love it here I mean it's it's I, I must admit I prefer Nairsborough to Harrogate and when my girlfriend yeah. moves up eventually we'll we'll move back to, I'll move back to Nairsborough. Um, yeah, it's yeah. it's. I mean, it's a, uh, having been raised there as a kid. I mean, it's such a it's such a great part of the world to grow up in. I'd rather I'd rather bring my my boy up here than London. Put it that way. My, I'm, you know, just. I mean, I love London. I love. I mean, really miss the food, but um, this part of the world is just. It's so lovely up here, and the people are so nice. You know, it's just. Um, yeah, it hasn't got that edge. You know, you you, you get in London. There's an edge in all major cities, and. You know, I, I must admit, being being an older gentleman, I I, I don't miss it. <laughs> well, I'm well, I'm stuck here for the I'm stuck here for the uh, the duration at the moment. But every time I go home, I mean, I only I only came back from um, from Nesborough on Monday. But every time every time I go home to Yorkshire, I'm I'm just I'm just reminded of you know it's 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 calling my name when I go home now. It never used to, but it's kind of you know it's calling my name. You know, um, I mean, because I grew up all over the world, and I, I, I mean, I don't have a, a like a, a hometown. Um, you know, I was born in um, Colchester Military Hospital. I lived in Colchester for about ten months, and then moved to Folkestone, and then moved to Malaya, then Singapore, moved back to Britain, and back to um, Germany for like seven years, and then moved back to the UK when I was fifteen. So I don't really have um, like a home, but I mean, I I've lived in London probably longer than I've lived anywhere else in the world and then then Germany then here and then Tokyo I lived in Tokyo as well for quite a few years because I was married to a Japanese girl um uh, but um so I don't really you know have a home but I mean it feels like home here in, in you know this part of the UK it feels like home to me and I think I mean because my son was born in Harrogate you know and it's just kind yeah. of I have 
I have a massive tie to this area and I feel, I feel like an honorary Yorkshireman, although many Yorkshiremen tell me Harrogate's <laughs> not Yorkshire. I don't understand that. So, um, uh, yeah, um, it's, uh, well, uh, let me, let, let me enlighten you. It's, it's, it's basically, um, it's too posh. Harrogate apparently to be so, so so to be a Yorkshireman you've got to be poor yeah well exactly you know what I mean it's like yeah. it, ma- it makes no sense in, yeah. instead it's typical Yorkshire though instead of being proud of yeah. it having one of the yeah. only two you know having a spa town up north and bringing all that wealth that has stayed and created the area instead uh. it's it's be, be ashamed of it you know because it, it's it's too posh which is just ridiculous it makes me laugh it makes me yeah. laugh I mean I, I know London really well and I know you know <laughs> I know the fabulous wealthy part of London where people have like 100 million pound houses and, you know, like 40 million pound penthouses. And I know that part really well. I know the poor part. And when I see rich people up here, I look at them, I go, you're close to being rich. You know, I had a, <laughs> a friend of mine, uh, another uh, CJ, and, and, and she lived in, um, it wasn't a friend, um, but it was an acquaintance. And she lived in um, God, one of the squares, I can't remember which one, but her next door neighbor was Margaret Thatcher. And um, I remember sitting down with her one day, and she was going, "I'm in, I'm in real trouble. I'm, I can't get rid of the um, south of France like um, villa." And I went, and "She goes, I'm going to, I'm going to have to knock off like probably maybe four or five. And I went, "What thousand? She went, "No, no, no, like about four hundred or maybe five hundred thousand." I went, "How much is it on the market for?" She went, "Like eight point two, and I, I, I like eight point two million. <laughs> And, and she used to say, I mean, she was really down to work, but she used to say to me, like, you know, you get these people in London who are living four, five, six million pounds. And her place was worth probably about maybe 85, maybe 90 million. And um, it's one of many houses she had, but um, she used to go, they think they're really rich, but you know, until you have like a gardener and a chauffeur and a housekeeper and a helipad, <laughs> you're not even close to rich. She was so down to work, but she also knew... There was a there's a, a certain snobbery in London, and it might be the where the people aren't quite as fabulously wealthy as they think they are, but they think they're little kings and queens. And and most of the really really rich people I've met have always been really really down to earth and really nice. They haven't been, um, but then you get that middle ground, that kind of middle class bit where yeah, they're, they're like they're like little queens and little kings, and, and they can be quite snobbish, but yeah. I don't. I, I I know there's a certain element in Harrogate. You know, there's a there's a type of man who wears no socks and wears tan brogues <laughs> and his trousers too short. And I mean, and they drive a Lamborghini Ferrari and they do look like dicks. And I can understand why you know some farmer down in the fields might look at them and go, "Well, look at him. He's not proper Yorkshire." But they they all sound the same to me. Uh, yeah, yeah, very much yeah. so, very much yeah, so. Yeah, they all got they've all got that kind of accent. I mean, you can tell the people who aren't from Yorkshire here because you know they sound southern and very posh, but that Yorkshire accent doesn't really it doesn't really change. I mean, you can drive ten miles down the road and I don't understand a single thing they're saying. Yeah, I know, know what you mean. I know what you mean. And they're, and they're driving Range Rovers and Lambos, you know. So, but um, so, uh, well, look, I I can imagine I can imagine people listening to this are going, well, you two are having a great catch up. Let's hear about the music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so first up, congratulations on the um, uh, on the Wild Hearts album because it's. I mean that is just yeah. It's, a, it's a, talk about a return to form. Is that the live one, the live one. Uh, no, because we, we've had we've had a, we've had um, Renaissance Man come out, and then we had a mini album come out, and then we've had a live album come out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so sorry, Renaissance Man. All <laughs> oh, right, that's old now. 
Well, twenty. Don't say that because that's when our album came out, and we still haven't fucking toured it yet because of the bloody it, lockdown. Um, and I had a solo album come out in um, about a month ago. Ah, called called well, Siege. I'm aware. Yes, yes, yeah. So, um, but um, the Renaissance one, yeah. I mean, it, it's um, uh, I mean, that was our first the first Wild Arts album in in ten years, and and it's with a lineup which hasn't been together for fifteen years. So you know, Danny came back in. in in the band and and um yeah kind of it took us by surprise because when you haven't done an album you know in in over a decade people you don't know how people are going to receive it but um yeah the album did all right for us yeah it kind of um reaffirmed us as a as a fighting force on the british glam rock scene yeah but but also as a as a as a um uh, it, it kind of re-establishes you of a yeah you know what we're not just we're not just going around playing the hits do you know what I mean? You're, yeah, you're, you're yeah, still a, you're yeah. still relevant. That's the word I was I was kind of searching for. But, I mean, the problem with the band has been around as long as us. I mean, me and Ginger started the band in '89, so you know we've been together 31 years. It's it's easy. We we have a really strong following in the UK. Um, we have an okay following. We have a great following in Japan, and we can kind of connect the dots vaguely around the world. But um, uh, you know, we, we were known as a '90s band, and that's when we had all our big hits. And um, but to to come back and for people to still look at us and think we're relevant is 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 a massive kick for us, you know, because you, we've never we've never been a band to rest like kind of on the past. We're always trying to push things, always trying to keep it fresh. And uh, I mean, I think the key to the wildlife is, is you can't pinpoint us. We're not a punk band. We're not a metal band. We're not a rock band. We're not a rock and roll band. We just mix it all up and. Um, so it's really hard um, for the listener to get dull, if you see what I mean. You know, it, it, it isn't a hundred songs that sound like the Ramones or a hundred songs that sound like Motorhead or DC or, you know, Metallica. We mix everything up and I think that keeps us fresh. You certainly do, because I think you, incl- I think you managed to combine most of those elements into the, into the Wild Heart sound. Um, and what yeah. was it? What was it like coming back together? Uh, that that lineup coming back together, like you know, walking in the walking in the rehearsal space for the first time. And... It's um, oh, it's it's. it's uh, I'll be lying if I say this lineup is, is is the smoothest lineup. I mean, there's there's um, there's uh, it, we we make a sound which no other lineup of the band makes, and I think that's the key to this. Um, the the, the four of us, you know, myself, Ginger, Richie, and Danny. Um, there's a, there's a certain chemistry to this sound which we which we can't um, replicate with anyone else in the band um so i think that's the key to this but it, it, it i mean it's it has its moments and um but we're, we're well aware that you know this is kind of the lineup everyone wants to see and kind of hear so um but it, it's it's kind of um, a no-brainer for us because we've been doing it for so long we kind of know the strengths of each individual member in the band and we know what we can do and what we cannot do, if you see what I mean. And, and yeah. lucky enough, the strengths of this lineup is what what people really want to hear. And and then there's a certain there's a certain attitude to our sound which you know we don't get with anyone else in the band. So you know, it's it's for, for the moment this is the lineup which is here to stay. So I think that'll make people quite happy. And did it did it instantly? Did you instantly all just click back together? And we because I, I I know the feeling. And it's like, well, just speaking to you, it feels like it feels like last time I saw you was sort of, you know, last week. And um, it when you when you walk in the room and you all just, it's kind of. It, do you have that sort of 
God, it doesn't now feel like it just feels like a day since we were doing this last time. I mean, it was weird. I mean, because when when Danny came back, I mean, I hadn't seen him in what fifteen years. So um, I don't think he'd, he'd seen Jim's. I know him and Jim didn't talk for about ten years. So um, and so I hadn't I hadn't seen seen. I probably it was probably thirteen years. I think I can't remember. I mean, I, I, um, he, he was out of the band two thousand and five and rejoined. I think two thousand and thirteen. You know, I hadn't spoken to him, but. Um, I mean, he'd be the first to admit. I think he was really nervous about coming into the room with the three of us. And um, we, I mean, we, we've all been playing constantly, you know. And um, I mean, Danny's, you know, his problems have been well documented. And I think he was quite nervous about um, coming back into the band. But I mean, the minute he fired up, he has a really good bass tone, Danny, and it's like a really unique kind of sound. And and um, the minute he fired up, and the minute we started playing, you know, it was kind of we were kind of back there again, and and it's it's um I don't know, I mean it's it's I'm equally as happy with John Poole in the band or Scott Sorry in the band, you know, it, it's um you, you adapt for the people around you. I mean, uh, I mean, I was out of the band for an album, and um, but I mean, me and Ginger have been the constants in 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 the group and then Richie is is you know been along um I think uh, the longest out of all the drummers we've had but um I don't know this lineup yeah tends tends to be the one that turns people on so um you know it's it's it is what it is yeah and and with your solo stuff are you um are you going to be are you going to be looking to you know to do anything around uh, around siege are you going to be looking well when we can it's so it's so hard to talk about the future at the moment isn't it yeah, um, it's impossible. I mean, um, I mean, today the Wild Arts just announced that we're going to be doing a live in the studio kind of performance, which is going to be streamed around the world, and that's the closest you're going to get um, to a gig from us for the foreseeable future. Because I mean, um, I, I mean, I, I think the festivals are looking well dodgy, aren't they, at the moment? It's I not think. looking. It's not looking great, is it? Yeah, I, I mean, can you? I mean, we got. I mean, we had downloads last year. Obviously, it didn't happen, and whacking and all those. And can you imagine? Sixty thousand people in a field. Yeah, right now in June. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like... June, July, August. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean uh, it, it might be it might be twenty twenty two by the time we get round to it. I, I, I put my I put my money on twenty twenty two for things to kind of like start settling again. I think I think this year is going to kind of be like like um, last year and. You can You've got to go by the form, and and you know I've looked at what, how the government behaved last year, and I, I you know, I, I don't put, you know, I'm, I'm not confident if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, you and everyone else, a, mate. I wrote a whole album about last year. I mean, Siege, my mini album, is about, you know, the fuck up that was last year. Yeah, the frustration and the anger a lot of people felt, and myself, and and you know, I got a really nice fresh metal hardcore punk album out of last year. I'd, I'd rather not get another fresh metal hardcore punk <laughs> album uh, this year, but I think it's coming. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know what you mean. Just call it f- f- fuck twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean it's 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 so. Yeah, we're, we're going to do a. Um, to the Wild Arts are going to do this this live in the studio stream thing, and yeah. and you know, we 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 are like one of the last bands to kind of sign up to doing like a kind of online show. You know, I mean, we were never going to go down that fucking iPhone in the kitchen acoustic, fucking rubbish. <laughs> a lot of like, totally, everyone, totally everyone agree. and their dog are doing it, which is just it's just appalling. It's just you know you got these punk artists and metalheads and you know rockers. On, with their acoustics and it's just shut up 
God, yeah. it's just oh, I want to set them on fire. Well, I, t- you know? I, I tell you what, I've no, I, I tell you the other thing is bugging me as well. I've, I've I've had enough of this guy from this band and this guy from this band and this guy from this band and this guy from this band have got together and they're and they're playing a cover version of like Kiss or whatever, and it's just like, yeah, I, I've had enough. You know what? I actually, I actually, um, I did, I did one. Um, it was a favour for a friend of mine who's been, <laughs> been compiling videos. I, I did a during the first lockdown. I did a, I think there was a couple, two or three me just playing along to Walmart tracks on the guitar and he compiled the videos for me and and he did um oh, what's that fucking poke song man the Christmas song Fairy Tale um, in New York so, yeah yeah he did that and he asked me if I'd sing a line and I said yeah and then he asked me if I'd, I'd be in a video and I said yeah but I was done up as the clown and I'm lying to my, <laughs> my part <laughs> <laughs> Like, because I'm a clown in, um, but there's a whole clown thing about around my siege sort of thing, and, and right. like in, the, in the video, I'm, I, 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 the bass player wears a clown mask, so I wore that mask, and he, um, he actually says, oh, "I don't, you know, I don't need you to sing the line; you can mime it." And I'm like, I mind it, like, and um, but uh, yeah, it, it was really nice, but I don't, I don't really sign up to the the feed the world kind of that type of video and that type of thing. It's not my. Um, it's not my thing. I'd rather I'd rather bands just stuck to what they do really well and kind of yeah. represent that. So hence the Wild Hearts finally we we, we know we're not gonna play, so this is the closest we're gonna get to playing. It's gonna be wonderful being in the studio with the guys and just doing playing those songs and, and then you know, beaming it around the world so people can, you know, hear and see us. But I think that's the closest we're gonna get to a gig for a bit. And so. presumably well I mean you know, logistically I know the you know, the 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 stuff that behind the scenes you have to try and put together to put one of these things on is way, way more complicated than anyone would believe. Um, when it, are, are you looking at a time period for that yet? Because obviously in lockdown, yeah, at the moment, yeah. you know. Yeah, we're gonna. I mean, we're filming March. It'll be it'll be sort of mid March, but we, we're going to through a production house, and they have a COVID secure barn which is rigged out now with you know to, to film and to record bands and right. they've been doing this for a while now so um it's a kind of like the new norm isn't it you know you gotta you go to these production houses and they're, they're kind of set up and ready to go the main thing is is that we we stick to um the restrictions and we we you know i said to my manager there's no way i'm sharing a hotel room with anyone in the band i need my own hotel room when i come down and he goes oh yeah of course no no problem <laughs> <laughs> I'm driving myself there and I'm driving myself back in my own car and I'm not giving anyone a lift yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, well I'll I tell you what I'll, uh, um, once we get offline I'll have to get the details because that sounds um, that sounds like an ideal location whereabouts is it? it's in um, Epping Forest it's a, it's a company called Stable oh, and, I um, might have known they've, yeah they've converted a barn it's big I mean it's, it's a kind of like a like one of those Jewel Holland-esque type places you know set up for you know a lot of bigger bands and musicians to play but it's it's done out and we didn't want to do you know a lot of bands have been doing the pretend concerts yeah playing to no one we can't do that i, I can't no I can't. yeah totally agree you know you know it's like I, I can do it for a video and jump around and act like a cock but for one song it's all right but for a whole concert to kind of pretend that you're, you're playing to you know an audience or, or, or even the spaced out gigs and look naff it's stupid I don't yeah. get it I don't it, it, it's like it's all or nothing so we're doing live in the studio and we're playing in the studio and it's it's you know it, it's it's not a it's not a concert we're not going to try and pretend we're 
doing a full-on rock gig because you, unless you've got the audience there and they're all on top of each other and sweating and drunk and dancing and screaming, it's not a gig, is it? You know, yeah, you know, yeah. No, I totally agree. It's it's more it's more of like letting people into your world and almost letting them watch what you know what a, a Wild Hearts rehearsal is like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, considering we, by the time we do this, we wouldn't have done a gig in over a year. Fuck knows what it's going to be. So you're gonna have to you're gonna have to have a rehearsal before you do the broadcast rehearsal. Yeah, I think we've got a couple of a couple books. <laughs> we're gonna need a few, I and mean, we're also letting the fans choose the set as well. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting. That's a really nice. That's a really nice way of um, of getting some engagement though as well. Yeah, we always they always they always choose the um, obvious songs. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you don't. You, well, yeah, because I remember the time uh, Metallica put. Um, uh, they did a tour where they were getting people to vote for um, uh, a particular song in the set list, and when they played, I think it was Finland. Um, uh, some some uh, like forum hijacked it, and um, they made sure that the winning song was "Frayed Ends of Sanity" off "Unjustice for All," which they hadn't played. Right, yeah, yeah for about 25 30 years and 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 it's great because you see them like rehearsing it and like James Hetfield is just going fuck this is a shit idea why did we ever agree to let people oh, it vote? Is the worst the worst thing in the world i mean whenever we do it's lucky i mean occasionally we've done anniversary shows and and when we did like the like the fishing for lucky anniversary show and there's a song in there called sky babies which is 11 minutes long we're like Jesus Christ, we're never going to do this ever again. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it was brilliant. It was brilliant playing this song and because no one had heard it in years. And, and um, sometimes when you do pull out the rarer songs, it, 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 it's just to see the reaction. But most people want to hear the, you know, the, the, the classic ones because <laughs> they, you know, they can sing along and have a, a good dance. And I think, I mean, right now, I'd rather go and see a band and hear and play all their classic songs and just have a dance and a, a you know, and a, a good sing along rather than back and watching you know prog rock out i think that'll be um you know people want to let their hair down they want to have a good time don't they really you know, yeah so, you know. and and it's, it's a weird one though isn't it because it's like yeah you've got to play the hits there's got there's, cer- there's certain songs that you that you always have to play but i think yeah, when yeah. when bands have massive catalogs and stuff like that i mean i'll give an example for instance like if i if if, if i go and see anthrax and they play fucking anti-social again that trust cover <laughs> Do you know, I mean, it's like, and, and every time we get the five-minute break in the middle, come on, let's hear you, and T, so no, just so, fuck off, stop playing I, I this song. I actually forgot, I mean, I, I remember, <laughs> I mean, I was a trust fan when I was a kid, and, and you know, so I actually forgot um, Anthrax did cover that, you know, I, I mean, it's like a, but I, I mean, I, I love the original version, but... Yeah, well, they've I probably know. played it more times than Trust now, so I think they can, like, you know, retire it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But there is, there's like, there's certain songs where you just think, like, you know, Metallica. Do you need to play Enter Sandman again? You know, it'd be awesome to just re- reach into the catalogue and pull something out that you haven't played for years. Do you know what I mean? But then you know yeah, what'll happen. Yeah. You know what will happen. You just get a load of people complaining that they didn't play Enter Sandman. I think. I mean, with, 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 when you when you haven't played together for over a year, I think. I think we. You know, <laughs> I think I'm going to hedge my bets that the fans are going to pick. Yeah. <laughs> Are you, you better you better hope so mate if, if this if this podcast if this podcast gets uh, you know catches fire and they hear this everyone's going to be going right obscure the better 
Well, I mean, we, we were actually putting up a menu, so... Um, oh, like, right. We, like, we don't just put, like, 200 songs up there and get them to, because that's just ridiculous. I mean, you've got to be... you got to... Yeah, it's like sheep, and we're the sheep dog, and we've got to corral you into um, a certain area. Giving uh, yes, you, like you, you, you a hundred times. Yeah, you, yeah. Basically, you basically you give people the illusion of choice. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, the thing is, it's like um, um, they will they will um, um, get to choose from the menu as long as it's from as long as it's from the set menu and the value menu only. No lobster, no foie yeah. gras, yeah. no champagne. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, is, um, is your Tesco is your Tesco value wild heart set list? Yeah. <laughs> it's a pot noodle and a digestive biscuit, and that's all you're getting, sunshine. If you don't like it, we've got your money. You can fuck off the doors at the back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Turn your yeah, just uh, just just turn your computer off. That's it. Goodbye. I mean, uh, I mean, jokes aside, I mean that the fact that when we do hook up we wouldn't have played together for over a year and yeah. it is going to be an orgasmic like sensation for us just because you know we're we're, we're musicians and you know we're, we're you know we, we need to like get up on stage and you know put on our punk rock faces and make a noise and and we haven't done it for so long it's it's, it's going to be great it's going to be really good and, and it's going to be done on our terms and loud and electric and you know yeah. it's going to be heavy and just it's I mean, right now we're we're talking next album time, and, and you know, Ginger's ready, written and demoed up ten songs. So I've got them on my hard drive. I need to start learning them, and and I'm working on three brand new wild art songs as well right now. So um, you know, we sh- we should have a, a good bunch of songs for the next album, and we're hoping to start recording that uh, next month. So um, you know, everything's all hands on deck at the moment. I, I, I mean, thing is, we we, we want to drop the Wildest want to drop a new album in September. We don't know if we're going to tour it yet, but we're still going to drop an album. We need we need to stay on the radar, you know. And the way you stay on the radar is by putting out new music. You know, there's only so far you can take, you know, the acoustic gig or the online gig. You know, you need to give people something to chew on, and and it always has to be new music and. You know, it's what every band or artist should be doing right now. They've had plenty of time to write, haven't they? Well, year, well, know. you're talking to somebody who it took 29 years to get our album out in 2019. So, um, 29 years. Tw- How many yeah. songs are on it? <laughs> just, just the ten. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and one's a cover version, and one is a, and one's a like three minute intro. So, um, yeah, but you, you guys went uh, like an up and working band for all that time, were you? No, no, not at all. No, I mean, no, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, but I brought the band back in 2015. It's just me from the original lineup. But, um, but we were supposed to tour the, you know, tour the album in 2020. So, you know, first album for 29 years. Um, 2019 was set to be, sorry, 2020 was set to be our busiest year yet. And instead, we didn't play a note and have and haven't even seen each other. God, I mean, that's. It's, I mean, it's, it's mental. It's, Tony, it's just one of those uh, those years. I mean, but uh, I, I got yeah. a. Um, it's great that you, you you finally got the album out, but it's a shame that you get to tour it. I um, mean, yeah, we got we, we got to play we got to play four of we got to play four gigs, and one of those was in Scarborough in December in a teepee. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, exactly. It's it's exactly as it it's exactly as it sounds. Um, we, I mean, we, I mean, we, we, last year was disastrous for us. Well, just for everyone and every band. I mean, it's but um, we had so many festivals we were doing, and and after Renaissance Men and the Mini Album, there was so much goodwill for the band, and and yeah. so much interest in us. We're seen as this really odd 
old band from the 90s, you know, and just completely different to anything else going on in, in Britain. And um, But uh, there was a lot of goodwill for us and a lot of people rooting for us. And, it, you know, this, this virus has just ruined everything. But um, there's still, we're still, you know, I managed to get an album out last year, you know, Ginger's managed to get, you know, on his label, get the live album out. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it, we're still working, we're still trying to do stuff. And I think, I think you know, whatever is happening in the world, if, if everyone, all the artists out there, all the bands out there, they're still trying to put out new music and they're still trying to, you know, um, you know, keep active and, and, and keep engaging with their fans, then, then, you know, it's not the end of the world. No, no. And, and look, you know, thing, things are going to come back. We don't know what they're going to look like or exactly when or, you know, what the new normal will look like. But it, it is going to happen. And, and let's face it, we have we've got vaccines as well. I mean, you know, sometimes I think we forget about that. Yes, it's a really bad time at the moment and all the rest of it. But when we were in lockdown one, we were all going, oh, God, you know what? I wouldn't, you know, let's hope they get a vaccine soon. Oh, God, vaccine, vaccine. Well, we've got three now. So, you know, there is an end in sight, hopefully. I'm definitely, I mean, I've spoken to Ginge and, and Richie about, about this and, and they're all going to take the vaccine as well when we're off of it. I mean, I, I don't have a, a problem with having um, trackers in my blood and having Bill <laughs> Gates control me. Yeah. Well, I, what, what makes me laugh is when people post about the, that shit from their phone with the location yeah. switched on. And um, yeah. and 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 anti-vaxxers who will happily travel around the world and get a malaria jab, but apparently new ma- new vaccines are, are are all bad. It's like yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, I've, I've got a two-inch penis, but I've got a twelve-inch tail. You know. <laughs> 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 so yeah, vaccines don't scare me, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and right, yeah, right, rightfully so, they shouldn't do. But um, it's, it's, I mean, you've you've done a hell of a lot in in you know over the last few years. I mean, you know, you've put bands together. You've you've been you, like you said, you missed you you know you were out out of the Wild Hearts for one album, um, but you didn't let the grass grow. And you know, you you're off doing other things, forming other bands, and you're still doing your solo stuff as well. Um, it's. I, I mean, you're inc- You know, your output's incredible. It really I also, is. I have my own hot sauce as well. I, I know. Devil, sauce. devil spit. Yeah. Is it? Devil spit. Yeah, yeah. Did you, you know, did you get that I, out before everybody else started doing hot sauce? No. I mean, it's been it's been available. It came out about eight years ago. I think about eight years ago. Eight, seven or eight years ago. But um, no. I mean, uh, my mum has always made her own hot sauce. I mean, she doesn't make it. And my, both my uh, mum and dad have dementia, and they're both in homes now. But um, oh, sorry, yeah. uh, I grew up with homemade hot sauce, and my mum's from the Seychelles. My dad's Indian. He's from um, uh, British Guyana, uh, the West Indies in, in South America. And um, so I come from an Indian, like um, kind of African-style family. So you know, spice and hot sauce was—it's it's part of my my upbringing, but. I was offered a chance to bring out my own hot sauce when I bought a solo album um, a good few years ago called Mabel and, I, and a company, I came up with a recipe and worked with this, this company down in Hull and made up my own hot sauce which is Devil Spit and I've had about eight or nine different types of varieties of sauce and I have my own ketchup as well but I, I, I didn't sell it for two years because I was too busy with the Wild Hearts but because of last year and lockdown it enabled me to bring back the sauce and, <laughs> And yeah, which it's been, and it's done really well. It's kept. I mean, it's it's paid the bills basically. And yeah, and, you know, you had to. 
one of the things is when you're not touring, you've got to think of other ways to. It's either you, you, you think of other ways to bring an income in, or you go and get a, a, a regular job. And, um, you know, um, I wasn't quite ready to work in McDonald's, not just yet. So, um, <laughs> and I'm not old enough for um, home base. Well, so, you know that uh, um, you know that uh, the McDonald's in Harrogate that that is where that is the venue of my first ever job. I left school and my first job was full time working in that McDonald's when it opened. It's actually called a Le McDonald's in Harrogate. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bistro. Yeah. I, I I still I still remember one of our managers um, dealing with a woman out front who was coming into a McDonald's for the first time, and he showed her all the different burgers and all the rest of it and all the re- and, and and like you know and she picked one and he he really fussed over her and then and he put it all on the tray and pushed it across to her and she went, um, where are the knife and fork? And he said, oh, it's we don't have knives and forks. You eat it with your hands. And she went, oh no, dear, I'm not I'm, I'm not having that. And turned around and walked out. <laughs> God, that's, uh, I, I tell you, um, next time you're local, host, we've got to hook up, man. When when all this shitstorm is. Um, oh, absolutely, um, mate. Absolutely, honestly. I, I tell you right now, I'm not, I'm not joking. There's about six, seven inches of snow outside. It's been snowing like uh, had non-stop from about eight o'clock this morning, and it's still snowing now. And and it's I've never seen this much snow in Harrogate since I've lived here, like in eight years. Yeah, no, I've, I I did hear it was pretty bad. I got some I got some early morning pictures from from my mum who was lording it over me that um uh, that it was like the Arctic up there. Um, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I, it's the most snow I've seen. So I think I, I think when the first we, the year we moved here was uh, two thousand and twelve. And that winter was was quite bad, but I, I've never seen so much. I, um, I grew up in Germany, so we had like snow for you know a good six seven weeks every year. And um, this reminds me of like kind of German type snow. It's it's, it's like proper snow, proper snow. Right? Yeah, I think the last the last really bad um, snow up there, I think, was about twenty ten. Um, right. Which right. is which is basically what you're having now. Which is it's pro- it, well, it's proper sledging weather, isn't it? It is. I mean, um, I mean, my little boy's with his mum. Um, right now, so I'm, I'm sure you're going to be making snowmen and stuff. Actually, you're not allowed to call them men anymore. You've got to call them snow. Snow person. Is it, snow person. Is, yeah. is, is, Actually, is, is that offensive? <laughs> I don't know. Is that offensive to snow? You know, we joke, and they're I'm probably like at my my my, my little boy's six, and they're probably going to be calling them snow persons, aren't they? You're probably coming. Had I made a snow person today? Yeah, snowman. Yeah. No, you're not allowed to call them. Yeah, look, I made look, I made a gang of snowmen. No, that is a group of snow people. <laughs> <laughs> they, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Be careful with your pronouns, mate. Um, I, I, I am definitely he. That of that much, I am sure. Um, um, last time I checked, I was a he, but I'm, I am going to take the vaccine. So ask me again in six months' time. Oh yeah, yeah. Know. There's there's all there's all of that going on as well, isn't there? People who reckon that it's yeah. Oh. Yeah. You, know, you know what really makes me laugh about the vaccine? I know people who aren't going to take it. And I know what they've put in their arms, up their arses, yes. in their nose. Exactly. People were the scummiest, filthiest gagheads you'd ever want to meet. And they're scared of a little prick. It's yeah. unbelievable. And I'm like, fuck me. The vaccine probably wouldn't work. You've got so much poison still in your veins. It's like, oh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you'll buy you'll 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 buy you'll buy a wrap of coke off a bloke you've never met before in a pub. That's fine. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. you know, approved researched vaccines. Fuck that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. Uh, but no, when it's offered, um, yeah, I will I will take it gladly. Um, you know, anything to to get out of what we're living in right now. You know, we we, we need. I I mean, 
you think you think last year can get worse, and then you know we're, we're week two in the new year. Look what's just happened in America. I mean, it's like my oh, God, I know the world has just gone nuts. Yeah, I mean, it's just oh. I know, I know. Yeah. It's it, it's it's absolutely insane. It's been it's been a really it's been a really really weird time in general. I mean, it, you know, yeah. all yeah. sorts of things have just seemed to have um, you know come to a head at once. And um, yeah. have you got any friends? Well, you, you mentioned earlier your friends in the states. I mean, have you have you been in touch uh, with family, them about what's going on? My family um, live in the states. My dad's family. I have I have like two hundred relatives in New York. Um, wow. So um, when my when my dad grew up, um, it, uh, it was called British Guyana, and it's now Guyana now. But it was a British colony, so um, um, my dad could join the British Army, and so could my mum in the Saint Charles. She could join the British Army, and that's how they met in London in the sixties. But my um, dad's family all emigrated to they were from India originally, went to South America, and they emigrated all to North America. But most of them live in New York now. So yeah, that's where my my family is. But um, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it's it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And and you couldn't make it up. Well, have you seen? Did you see that? Um, uh, the main dude from Iced Earth, um, is um, is is in the pictures, um, of be of being you know in the building in the Capitol building. Yeah, well, the, the, the dude with the makeup on and the tattoos. And oh, that. well, no, that that's not him. Apparently, that's you know, that's some that's some dude from. Um, uh... I, I, I've seen some very striking looking pe- people <laughs> in, in 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 the, the pictures. I, I, you know what? Um, with the news, um, it's like uh, I'll be really honest. This year, since it started, I've been trying to reset myself and get into the groove, and it's been. I've really been kind of not. I, I went on a digital detox, which I'm going to go back on again. And um, I was pulled out of it to repost some of the Wildlife stuff because they, you know they're dropping all the news about um, the Wildlife are dropping all the stuff about the the live stream we're going to do and stuff. But um, yeah. I've kind of um, I've been on the fringe fringes of watching the news, and I've not been taking it all in. But I just know what's going on. But um, it's like uh, it's been getting to me this year. My, my my girlfriend lives down in Hove, and I don't know when I'm going to see her again. And and yeah. I kind of went right. I need to. I've stopped drinking as well. You know, I, I stopped drugs when I was like a long time ago when I turned forty. But um, I've, I've stopped drinking, and I might not resume. And and I, I'm trying to reset myself and trying to get into a new kind of mojo. If you see what I mean. So I've, I've been. If you if you if you pay too much attention to the news, it can bring you down right now because it, yeah, you know, it's, there's a. A lot of celebrities going on holiday and a lot of nonsense going on in politics and, and the world has gone to shit. And it's like, it's really hard to kind of get some sunshine into your, your life. And I think, yeah, I think it's down to the individual to pick themselves up. And that's what I'm trying to do at the moment. That's yeah. really interesting that you said yeah. about the, the digital detox. Does that, so that includes social media, everything? I, I look at social media. I'm just not posting because um, if, if, if I posted right now, I'd probably be I'd take a picture of myself naked in the corner eating my own shit. So um, I don't want to bring that kind of crap on people. You know what? I mean? Well, I'd say, well, well, well. Thank, thanks for doing the podcast. I didn't realise things were so bad. No, it is. I'm, 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 I'm a really upbeat, quite positive guy, and uh, but it's just, it's just this year. It's just. Um, you want things to get better, and they just don't seem to be getting quite better, quite quick enough right at the moment. Yeah, you know? and it's just I need to kind of um, January is a good month to reset yourself. It really is. Yeah. It can set you up for the year if you you make positive steps 
in this month. I don't make New Year's resolutions, but I think January is a really, really good year to kind of map out a really good month to map out your year. And I, I, I plan to, I want another solo album out, the Wild Arts are recording an album, we'll do a live stream, and hopefully the world will start getting back up on its feet, you know, this year. So yeah. I'm going to be prepared for it, yeah. Yeah, and so when so in in lockdown one, were you just were you mainly um, working on your your solo album? I, I worked I, my solo album. I was doing lyric sheets. I was doing my source. I did new T-shirts. I was I was literally just working all the time. And I didn't see my girlfriend for three months during the first lockdown because she's down in Brighton and I'm here. And it was it was um, I didn't stop and and I, and I, I made sure I didn't. Um, get um up you know too down about things and i've got my six-year-old as well and it keeps me on my toes all the time and but it's just um you know since um christmas um hit i stopped for a week and i don't normally stop i'm quite a hyperactive person and i actually just stopped for about five or six days and i'm trying to get started <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm looking for the key. I've lost it. Right. Yeah. I know. I know um, what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. It, it's almost. I relax too much. You know. Yeah. It's like well. It's like it's like going. But it's like going back to the gym, and you go back to the gym after a break, and you think that you can, you can, do what you were doing before you stopped, and then yeah. you soon realise that it's like, oh shit. Right. Okay. I've got to kind of like reset my goals. But I'm good. I'm good. I'm actually. Um, I, I wrote a, a new song today, and, and I'm going to start recording it tomorrow because I have a little home setup where I record all my solo stuff. So I do demos, like completed demos for the Wild Arts. So um, I'm going to start recording tomorrow. So um, which is it's really good, and it's, I think I needed a break. You know, you can't work all the time. It's like you you, you burn out, and I needed the break. And now I just need to, you know start start up again so yeah i've got if you stop i'm just going to end up um flat ass broke you know what i mean yeah i know know what you mean because it's ultimately we're all we're all self-employed and we're unable to do what what we do at the moment so you know i mean well i'm i mean you know i've been doing stand-up for 25 years and um you know i'm i really miss that i mean i managed one show in september a socially distanced show in right. in Newcastle under Lyme, which was weird, um, and was. and I mean, you know, this is the least gigs I've done. I'm sure it's the same for you. It's the it's the least gigs I've had in a year for for 25 years, and it's just yeah, it's it's yeah. there's frustration as well, and there's also a part of me that's that starts thinking, what am I going to be like when I get back to it? You yeah, know? I'm worried about that as well. I mean, I'm 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 actually consciously um, getting fitter. Um, for yeah. that very reason because I, when I when I come back out on stage I want to be on stage like fucking RuPaul you know what I mean <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't want to be like the elephant man yeah you know, I want to be strutting my stuff out uh, on, on stage you know we're, we're, not, we're not we're not young men anymore but you know we can still you know shape up and you know I mean, you know, me, me and Jim jump around like Muppets on stage still you know but we're, we're not kids and you know when we do come back I want to come back a better stronger version of what we were you know and 2020 I, I know I know the feeling mate I mean I've the, the, my I, I found that I'd I'd kind of accidentally quit alcohol in lockdown one um, by just not being in pubs three or four nights a week playing shows yeah. so yeah. that made a huge difference and the change in lifestyle and I've ended up losing about a stone stone and a half in lockdown and I, I think I have been carrying that needless weight I've been carrying that around with me for God knows how long 
You know, you know when you stop stop drinking, it's, it's amazing the the uh, effect it has on your body when you stop drinking. It's yes, inc- like um, after a few weeks, how clear your skin is and your eyes are brighter. And um, it's it, it's you wake up. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm finding it hard to get going, but I wake up and I'm in, always in a really good mood. And when I was, I actually started hitting the bottle during lockdown. A lot of people did though, didn't they last year? Oh yeah. Um, you know, because of circumstances, but. Um, I was waking up and not feeling brilliant and, you know, you just automatically, you know, come gin o'clock or wine o'clock or whiskey o'clock, whatever o'clock it is, you'd, you'd, you'd have a drink and fool yourself that you're feeling better. But um, it's not until I, it wasn't until I actually stopped drinking and I mean, I mean, stopped drinking completely that after a few weeks I was like, oh, I actually feel really, really good. And I knew, I know what the problem was last year, you know, and, and it wasn't too many Big Macs. <laughs> yeah, but the thing, but the thing is, it's it, you know you have to. Um, I mean, I, I I I think like myself, you you, you live alone, and um, yeah, you you've, you have to keep an eye on yourself. You do, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I tell you what, my 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 nanny is my son because I have a six year old and I co-parent, so he's with me half of the time and right. with his mum half of the time. So whenever he's here, he I mean he he keeps me in line. I mean if I if I didn't have my my boy here and. I, you know, and I, uh, my girlfriend still lives down in Brighton. I mean, God knows what I would have been doing. I mean, I've, things would have got voodoo around here. <laughs> you know, Chickens would have died. Yeah, uh, God knows what would have happened. There would have been hot sauce everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean, we, we, we have to hook up, man, next time. Uh, once all this shit's gone, we, we should hook up. Definitely. Oh, definitely. Well, look, next definitely. time next time I'm heading home... Um, you know, I will be. Well, I've I spent I spent the whole of Christmas in you know in Nairsborough. I've like only came back on on Monday, um, and um, I thought it was it, it was it was great to be home. It really was. It was a shame, obviously, that pretty much everything is shut. Um, yeah. But as I said before, just just you know, just seeing seeing the countryside and everything else again, it just it, it, you know, it reminds me of what a, a kind of beautiful part of the world do you, is. Do you know that road in Nesbitt, Abbey Road? Oh, mate. Oh, God. I, I mean, I, I used to live just behind that road, but I mean, I used to walk down there every day. But um, that road, I mean, it's just, I mean, for me, it's just, I've been all around the world and lived all around the world, but that's just one of my favourite places on planet Earth, that road. It's just, oh, it's, what you wouldn't, I what mean, wouldn't you give for one of those gorgeous houses backing onto the oh, river as well? It's like, it's, like, it's like the Shires down there. You're supposed to see like elves and hobbits <laughs> walking around. And stuff. I mean, it's like, and when I, when I, you know, because I used to live, I mean, it was a, it was a three, four minute walk from my front door. And, and then anyone used to come and stay at my house. I go come come with me, and they'd be like, "Oh my god, so you're in a different world here." So they were just so their jaws would just hit the floor at how beautiful it was. And I mean, Nairsborough actually doesn't sound that nice, does it? You know, it's like yeah, yeah. It's just it doesn't sound like it's going to look like it does. It's so beautiful that that, that town. Uh, well, you've, yeah, you know, and then you've got that you've got the iconic view just like from the castle of the of the oh, viaduct. Yeah, and yeah, it's like Legoland, isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely stunning. It really is. We do. I tell you what, we're doing a great job for Nesbitt Tourist Board here, aren't we? Actually, um, I don't. Anyone's going to listen to us. You should never come to Nesbitt. <laughs> yeah. It's really horrible. There's a reason why I live here because I'm I'm built of steel and I'm hard enough to live here. Just stay where you live. Don't yeah. Come here. Yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> don't don't pay us, don't pay us a visit. <laughs> <laughs> well, my a friend friends of mine own the own the Blind Jack's pub that's on the Market Square. Oh, 
Yes, I, I mean, right, I don't drink ale, right? I'm, I'm right. from the South, man. I'm a lager boy. I mean, me and Richie were like premium lager boys, you know, and a nice cold lager. Oh, don't you, know. you worry about that, mate. They do plenty right. of IPAs I used, and... I, oh, that's horrible. I mean, I used to have a guest lager. I used to drink that. It was the first place I ever started drinking when I moved to Nesborough. And, and um, mistakenly, people thought I was a fan of ale. And, and I must... I mean, I've tried a, about 70 or 80 ales, and I'm still... Waiting for the one that tastes like an ice cold Peroni. You know, <laughs> I, I, know I, I know what you mean. I know what I know what you mean. It's like you know you you've got all of the regulars with their tankards with beer with leaves in it and all sorts, and you're just but thinking they're, like they're sweet, aren't they? The pails. They've got that kind of they've got a um, I don't know. They've got a weird aftertaste. It, it's I remember uh, you know it's just it's I don't know it's you know what I mean. Ales, yeah. They're, they're, it's no, it's it never really done it for me, but um, yeah, pop in there anyway next time you're around because um, they they've modernised the whole place and it's. Um, they, they had last time really I drank nice. there was probably about two years ago, and they had a, a micro brewery in there. They they're brewing their own ales, and um, uh, the guy behind there gave me a little little like thimble full of. I thought, oh god, I had to lick my own ass to get rid of the place, man. Horrible. <laughs> and you and you've drunk beer all over the world. I have. I mean, I'm, I like lager. I mean, if you give me an ice cold like Peroni or a San Miguel and a you know a sardine on a stick, I'm happy, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, but look, mate, that is that is that is quite a really quite a cool place to leave it for now because yeah. I've got um I've got some subscriber questions. So if you can hang around for okay. another sort of twenty minutes, I've got some um, yeah, some yeah. subscriber questions. But for hey, now, mate, I've don't know where to go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sewed in it. <laughs> well, look, well, f- thanks for that part anyway. I really appreciate. Brilliant. And he stayed and did another half hour for patrons. If you want to hear that, um, there is, wherever you're watching or listening to this podcast, there is a link in the description. It says support this podcast. Click on that. Takes you straight to my Patreon page. $5 a month gets you in. There is about 400 posts for you to download once you get in there. Um, Going back, I think, two, three years. Um, All sorts of behind the scenes stuff. And of course, you get your own video podcast once a month. You get to ask questions of guests and all the rest of it. So come on down. Everybody who signs up, seriously, everybody who signs up says, been meaning to do this, finally here, wish I'd done it ages ago. It's fucking great. And seriously, the patrons listening to this will be going, no, he's right, you know, he's right, he is right. Anyway, that's enough about all of that shit. How much fun was that? How cool is CJ? It was so fucking brilliant being able to catch up with a guy that I haven't seen for so long. And... I've I've said this before, I'm sure, but there is some sort of um, brotherhood, some sort of kinship. I don't know, however you want to describe it, but when just knowing, I mean, you know, we 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 went out a few times on like press trips and stuff like that, um, and in, in reality, we probably. We probably hardly know each other. Well, we know each other a lot better now, as you've as you've been listening to. But but because of what we experienced, at what age we experienced, there is a there is a bond that is built there, that is just it's indestructible and it's indescribable. So I won't go on about it too much. And I'm aware some of you might be thinking, "Ooh, you know, this is a bit. You know, I'm disappearing up my own ass here. It's a bit. It's all. It's all a bit arty." Well, fuck you. Expand your brain. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's brilliant. I've taken on something that is impossible to describe, and I've already said that, and yet I'm going to continue to try. Um, 
all I can say is that we we just meet up. I know that when I uh, meet up in CJ, meet up with CJ because we've agreed to because obviously we've you know swapped places where we live. So next time I'm up there, we're going to go out for, for some food, catch up, and I know we will have an absolute blast of a night. We will have loads in friends in common, and it will be like no time has passed at all since the last time we were having beers 20, 30 years ago. It's just weird. That's all I'm saying. It's just fucking weird, isn't it? It is weird. But anyway, um, great fun doing that. Really enjoyed my time hanging out with... um, uh, with CJ, just uh, just a thoroughly thoroughly lovely bloke, and um, uh, and and do check out um, his um, his solo stuff as well. I will put a link up um, because I know it, a lot of you like sort of like thrashy stuff, and um, uh, his latest solo album is very thrashy and worth a listen by all means and i know we're all 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 after some serious fucking music aren't we right okay now bear with me i'm gonna have to make some notes here otherwise i'm gonna forget what bloody links i'm supposed to be giving you all right there's some some live housekeeping for you so um so please you know do play shut up will you fucking parakeets Honestly, I, I do love them. They've really, um, they've really helped me out in lockdown. To be honest, I mean, as I sit in my in my lounge at the moment, which is where I where I do the podcast, I'm looking out. I've got a balcony, got a tree directly outside the balcony, and um, in a couple of hours, I'll have about five or six bright green squawking parakeets going mental in the tree, fighting over over food in the feeders that um, that hang out for them. It's absolutely mental, and I I, I I do like them because they're just total. But listen, I bloody stop as soon as I do that. But they're they're seriously just. Fucking squawking bastards, and when you're trying to do an interview. Right, okay. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take this... I'm just going to put the mic out the window so you can get some idea of how mad this sounds. Hang on a second. And that's nothing. The little the little bastard, as soon as I wanted to record him, he shut up. And then when he did start squeaking, he was flying off out the, in the bloody distance, which is a bit annoying. But anyway, it's probably just as well I didn't do that because, believe you and me, their squawking would have shot your ears. You'd have taken your earphones out wherever you're listening to this and uh, sworn to never listen to this podcast again. And do you know what? Fair play to you. If that's, you know, if that's the route you want to go down, fair enough. I, what can I say? Um, now, oh. More interference from the little green gits. Anyway, um, look, it's always a pleasure doing this for you guys. Uh, it, it, it really is. And as I'm getting really, really bored of saying, you guys are the best way for this podcast to survive and to thrive. Please share. Share away. Sign up at Patreon. Um, if you can help become part of the Talking Bollocks Army, um, a bollocker. Um, there's all sorts of fun things that involves, like um, when when live gigs start again, you get to shout bollocks at a really loud volume. Um, that's exciting. <laughs> but other than that, seriously, it would be um, it just just help me out, help a brother out. I believe the phrase is. Um, 
and get involved. Uh, you know, follow on um, Instagram. Instagram is now up and it's a real thing. Um, Twitter is up. Facebook is up. The numbers are going up. I'm getting a lot of um, motorcast uh, listeners who are who are coming to the party as well, which is absolutely brilliant. And so, also, if you're if you've been listening to this and you haven't listened to the motorcast yet, go and listen to the motorcast now. Even if you're not a Motorhead fan, give it a listen because it is just it, you know it's stories about the music business from an era that is that is well gone now, and it's certainly worth, in my opinion. Well, I would say this, wouldn't I? I fucking host it, but I really do think it is worth the time out of your day. Um, but who am I to know? I don't. I don't know what's important in your day. I don't know what you've got lined up for today. You know, you might have heart surgery lined up for today, in which case, yeah, probably don't want to waste your time listening to an episode of Talking Bollocks or the Motorcast for that matter. However, if you have got open heart surgery, let's just say you're actually well, you're going to be a patient, aren't you? Because you're not going to be a, an open heart surgeon specialist and be listening to Talking Bollocks. I think. That's probably not going to happen. Although, if there is any uh, heart surgeons out there, please do get in touch and let me know. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, guys, it has been an absolute pleasure, as always. Um, please do keep listening. Check out all the links in the description to the podcast. And as always, I will be back with you in a couple of weeks with more exciting guests. Speak to you then. <laughs>